This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are exploring the question, is it ever okay to kill someone? Whoa. Yep, getting real. And if so, are we ready, willing, and able to do it? Yes, and we're going to be, yeah, I said yes. I, was, I wasn't saying yes, like I'm ready to kill somebody. <laughs> no spoilers. Uh, I'm just saying yes, that is what we're talking about. We're talking about ethical conundrums. That's a great word, conundrum. Dilemmas, conundrums. And uh, some classics, some maybe that you've never considered before. So putting ourselves into a situation where we have to make a decision that may result in someone's death and how do we go about navigating that ethically? Mm. And comedically, of course. (laughs) Uh, uh, you, yes. you know what, there's something I've been wanting to share and I think this is the perfect place to share it, something Link, that happened this, to hey, me. Dude, this is a safe space for you. Thank you. The round table of dim lighting is a safe space. Well, I, I've been wanting to tell you about this um, thing that happened to me and I do think I can frame it as an ethical dilemma. Well then you for should. The, <laughs> it, it's For me, should I have taken action? Oh. Or, for the person who did it to me, was it right for them to do it? Well, or, or wrong, or I think third option, was it just creepy, weird, odd, or uncalled for, okay? Now, I, I will say up top, this is a massage story. Oh gosh. I mean, if you had to think about, uh, the one thing, like the through line of Ear Biscuits, I don't know I don't know how you think of Ear Biscuits, dear Ear yeah, Biscuitier, yeah. listener. A couple of douches talking about massages. <laughs> but uh, we do talk about massages a lot. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you've had your first massage. Really this is all just a, uh, a plan to get you if you've never been massaged. I know massaged. You, t- you talked about massage last, last episode. I did, yeah, I thought yeah. that's why you were. Man like, massage. Yeah. Well, I will say, um, well I won't say. I was about to say something, I ain't gonna say it. You can say anything you want for the to, sake it's a of safe space. Safe space? Yeah. So I went in for a massage and you know, the place that I go to, ever since the pregnant woman had the baby, she never came back and she was amazing. She's massaging that baby now. She was the. That, <laughs> that baby's getting all the massages. She was like the best masseuse I've ever had. And she was like full, Plump, pregnant. Interesting. And I don't. Your, your masseuse that, was pregnant, and my trainer was pregnant. Yeah. My like fitness trainer was pregnant. It did she have the baby? Uh, she's like do any any day now. Well, she'll never come back probably. You think I, so? I, she's I, gonna be training hey, that baby now. You can come back from having a baby. I'm not saying you can't. Oh, she's I'm just planning saying, on it. Oh, she's planning on it. She's got like it. She's got it all planned out. Yeah. I thought my masseuse did too, but then it's been it's been almost a year now, and she's like she's not coming back. I think she moved. Maybe she got a new. Maybe she not got about the baby. A new, a voca- new vocation. Well, she was perfect at this. It was her gifting. Hmm. Um, 
Maybe she's kneading so dough now, now. So now it's kind of like at a bakery. It's kind of a crapshoot when I go there. I'm like, I want a deep tissue massage. I want someone who can do that, and I lay down like normal. Which and, is what face up. <laughs> what, what, well, I start face what, down. Right. They tell you to start face down. Yeah, I know. And then ha- and then halfway through, I, you roll over and you face up. Right. Yep. That has nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. face down. I got my head into the donut, and I'm starting to get this massage in the back area. And everything's fine. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm evaluating. Is this going to be a good massage? And I'm like, ah, it could be, could be more. It could be more pressure. So you got to ask for more pressure. But then the pressure increased a little bit, and as the as the hands move up around the shoulders, I start to notice that the the hands are traveling in kind of a unexpected pattern. Th- there's an unexpected quality to the traveling of the hands. And oh. I just, I couldn't put my finger on it. Travel, like oh. The way that my hands are moving, the way that the hands are moving on my back. And then as the hands like get a, on. a hand from two different people or <laughs> what do you mean? It, I could, I can't tell you because. They're moving together, like it was everything just, is in sequence? No, it was just a weird feeling. I'm interested in what's and, happening here. And then as the hands get up around my shoulder area, you realize. It starts to feel this, it, the feeling is not any different than how it's been feeling and only slightly different than a normal massage. What? But then all of a sudden I hear this weird noise, like a suction kind of a noise. <laughs> and it's like, and then I realized that the, that the skin on the hands are like, Sticking to my body a little bit, like like Spider Man. Yeah, it was like, like Spider. It was yes. Spider Man's giving you a it massage. It was like Spider Man. <laughs> I was a skyscraper, and Spider Man was giving the building a massage, and it was me. And then she gets into it a little bit more, and I hear some popping <laughs> and some stretching. What? <laughs> and I realize this masseuse. Has on latex gloves. <laughs> okay, gotcha. okay. All right, now I understand. I'm so confused. Hold on, but I, la- I and once I realized latex gloves will still slide that it, with massage oil. Yeah, though. with massage oil. Right. That's why I couldn't tell at first, but then when they got right up there by my ears, based on the sound, uh, I could tell it was latex skin. It was gloves. Interesting. And then I'm like, what is going on? Did she, you think this woman does this for everyone or she judged you? <laughs> this is definitely a Glover. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's definitely a Glover. <laughs> he might have scabies. Uh, we, w- we went to uh, grade school with a girl whose last name was Glover. Remember that? I wonder where that originated from, like the first Glover. Were they people who made gloves? Almost Certainly. assuredly, yes. Right, latex gloves for masseuses. Yeah. And at this point I'm like, I remember they were just a good lover and it was shortened. I didn't want, I, I'll just tell you that I decided not to say anything, but I was trying to figure out, am I gonna say something like? Ah, gloves, huh? At, at a certain, yeah. <laughs> are those gloves or? Are your hands really cold? <laughs> are, are you blue? Are, are, is the skin coming off of your hands? Um, were they blue? I didn't look. My my hands were, my. Fi- I just said my eyes, my hands, my feet. Yeah, I don't. My face was in the donut. Right. It's all speculation. At this and so, point. could be if, if dish it was, hands. If it was a fabulous massage, it probably would have overcome the fact that 
there was latex involved. But yeah, I started think, but it was just an average massage, so I think that made it a little worse. But it, hold on, but this it, is a, this it is a make weird. It, it did not make it horrible. It made it weird. And I'm thinking, yeah, is it me? Is there something? No, about, it's weird. Is it, or it, is it her? I think it's weird. I know the place that you go, right? And it's yeah, but it, it's a chain. It's a chain that's like known and respected. It's not some seedy place. No. Uh, I assume that there's some sort of like contract that you have to like sign. There's in like order eight or nine masseuses. They're probably all trained under the same regimen. But I think part of that the has to be. The gloves is weird. If you're gonna elect to wear gloves, and if it's not about you me, say it. then maybe it's about her. Maybe it's. I wear gloves. Because doing this so long has made my hands really rough and you know, your hands dry out and then it makes for a unpleasant experience for the person getting a massage if your hands are like, I had a massage one I time. I seriously doubt that's the reason. I had a massage one time from a, from a, from a man actually. Rough, and, a rough handed man? Had, he, he had rough hands and it almost felt like I was getting scratched if certain parts of his hands went along my surface. Okay, I understand that uh, that can happen but I assume that I do think that that could it's happen. A, it's, it's a hygiene thing. I think this person is like, or if they have like I don't, an open wounds, sir. I don't like to touch. I don't like to touch people's skin. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong career. I mean, if you, but here we are. If you go in the room and you're like, all right, let's do this, and you see the person, they got a lot of back knee or like open wounds on their back. First of all, don't go to a masseuse. Just let yourself heal, brother. <laughs> I think I respect the fact that they could. Choose to put on gloves, but I don't, it wasn't me. I got I got nothing at the at the time, at least <laughs> that's going to make them make them pause. But so I think it has to do with something like that. And I again, it, I just feel like you need to say something. I just want to let you know I'm going to be wearing latex gloves, but um, I do this a lot, and I I do not. I'm I can confidently say it's not going to compromise your experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you'd and, like to, and nothing against you, I do this with everyone. Yeah, the fact that she didn't say anything, I think, was. I, I think we're dealing with an ethical conundrum, and so, I think she well, failed. But what so about I killed what, her. what? What? What should you, <laughs> I murdered her? What should you have done? You think you should have said something about it? Well, I think when I left, and I paid, and that's when you put the tip out there. Mm, you put it in a little glove and put, put like a dollar <laughs> in a glove. Just put a glove as the tip. <laughs> like she's gonna need this. It's not used. No, the the person at the counter was like, "How was it?" And I was like, "Fine." There were gloves. There were I, but I should have said, well, I was a little taken aback by the fact that there were gloves involved. I mean, what was this gonna turn into some sort of like exam? I think you could say that you know? the next time. Now, if you go back. Uh, I or, haven't been back since then. I haven't gotten a massage since the latex glove massage. How long ago was this? And for the record, I, there was not an exam involved. Before a few minutes there, I didn't know. Right, how long ago was this? Could have been an internal massage. Yeah, I'm familiar. This has been, it's been three months, man. Well, you, you, Mr. Massage hasn't had a massage in three months because of the gloves? It's burnt me, it's burnt Go me. somewhere else or, or call and say, hey, there was this glove situation last time I was there and I wanna know is that still happening and maybe I can get somebody who doesn't wear gloves. You, it, I've, I, I've, I've had a lot of people you're there trying to find, time. You're trying to find your replacement for uh, the, the lady that's now massaging the baby. I'm actually, I'm not going to this place anymore because they're always booked up. Oh, like, okay. yeah, I, you know how my schedule is, man. I wake up that morning, I'm like, oh yeah, today I, ha I have a window of time, I could probably get a massage. They never can let me, get me in there, yeah. you know? It, and so I think I might need to call and be like, listen, can I get a massage today? I know it's last minute, but I'm willing to take the latex lady. 
Like that's that may be the world I'm living in now. Yeah, I'm I'm unhappy. You should go on. I'm unhappy. Go look at the Yelp reviews and see if anybody's talked about the gloves. Because <laughs> they may three months would you, later. Would you have stopped the moment like no. eleven minutes into the massage? No, I, I didn't. In fact, even when someone tells me, "Okay, uh, I'm going to be what, having what gloves. kind of, what kind of pressure would you like?" and I say, "Hard," and then I say, "I'll tell you if it's too much." You don't. And then I. However, during my Palm Springs massage, it got to a point where I thought I was going to, I was beginning to whimper and thought that I may begin weeping. And at that point I was like, oh, that's a little too intense. <laughs> I did say that and he let up a little bit. He was, it was right, he was squeezing this muscle right here in the shoulder, like oh, gosh. that band. Yeah. And he was like getting his fingers under it and around it. Oh wow. Ugh. This felt so good in the wrong, in the right ways, bad in the, Right ways, I don't know, but um, yeah, I had to tell him to let up because I was like, I'm gonna start crying. I don't want to do that. But it takes a lot for me to tell you to to stop. So I'm definitely if rubber gloves, I would say nothing. If she would have done that to me, it'd have been like, oh, you're gonna have to take the gloves off. You're gonna have to go gloveless for this one. Well, that it's much weirder to say something about the gloves. Like she touches you and you hear something, and then like you like you pull right. your head up and turn around and right. look. Oh, you got gloves on, huh? <laughs> She probably would have explained You're loving it. Um, okay, well we have more. I we think both failed at that More difficult. Conundrum. We've got more difficult ethical conundrums that we'll be getting to. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of super feet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Super feet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, super feet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Super feet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes, and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot, from cushioned and flexible to firm and support you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We actually, uh, this was, the reason for this episode was uh, we got a question when we asked you guys to ask us anything. A guy named John, the real John Dub on Twitter asked us, uh, he said, I'd love to hear you guys discuss the trolley problem. Uh, 
Okay. And so that got us, it gave us the idea, well what if we did a whole episode where we just went through some different ethical conundrums starting with what I think is, most people probably have heard of this, may not know specifically what the specifics are but you've heard of the trolley problem. Um, Maybe give a quick summary though. Yeah, well I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read it. Uh, you see a runaway trolley, let's just say it's a train. Well no, you're in, let's say you're in San Francisco. Well, but I think the track, the tracks. Okay, trolleys. The the key here is they get, there's tracks involved. You see a runaway trolley moving toward five tied up or otherwise incapacitated, incapacitated people uh, lying on the tracks. You're standing next to a lever or a lever, whatever you prefer, that controls a switch. If you pull the lever. The trolley will be redirected onto a side track and the five people on the main track will be saved. However, there is a single person lying on the side track. You have two options. Do nothing and allow the trolley to kill the five people on the main track or two, pull the lever, diverting the trolley onto the side track where it will kill one person, which is the more ethical option. Now, on its face, you may have a knee-jerk reaction and think that you know what your answer would be. But the reason that this has been uh, considered a difficult ethical conundrum or just an ethical conundrum is because uh, there's a, an active choice being made to kill someone that you are responsible for. Versus whereas, a passive choice just to sit there and let something yeah. happen. In other words, you, 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 did, you weren't technically if you weren't, involved, if you, if you weren't present, like if you weren't present and this situation just happened in the universe somewhere, you wouldn't be morally culpable for any thing that happened, but because you're there and now you have the option to pull the lever, um, that's what makes it That's what makes it a difficult uh, situation. Now, this tr the trolley problem has been used or referenced quite a bit as, we're, as people are trying to program autonomous vehicles. So self-driving cars uh, are being given basically pr programs to be able to Decide. make these kinds of decisions and interestingly, mm -hmm. Um, most people who, most, most ethicists or most engineers who looked at this have said that the trolley problem is not a great example of something that an autonomous vehicle needs to navigate because it's so binary. Because it had, basically, autonomous vehicles do not enter situations where it's like one person or five people. Like, that's very uncommon. There, more often it's, there is a range of possibilities and even within those binary possibilities there's a there's a bunch of different outcomes that could happen and so it's actually way more complex than just giving it some trolley problem program or however you would go about programming a car so but having said all that what would you let's just say this is the situation now typically this doesn't happen people don't get tied to railroad tracks outside of cartoons usually or old westerns, but let's just say. I didn't think masseuses used latex gloves either. <laughs> That's right. So let's just say you're in this situation, I feel, I, what yeah, would you do? I feel like I would pull the lever because I feel like not doing anything is is a, you know, that's still an, it's an act of omission, you know? Well the first thing that would happen to me is if I was in this situation I would be like, oh, Ah oh, crap! I am literally in the trolley problem right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? How did I get here? Literally, this is happening. There's five people on this track, and there's one person on this track, well, and me, I'm right next to the lever. That's that's funny, but no, you wouldn't. I mean, here, here's the here's an interesting side note. In Michael Stevens' series on what was YouTube Red at the time, YouTube Premium, which who knows what it's going to become, YouTube Super Super Premium, Super 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 Time, nothing. 
Right, it's just gonna be nothing at some point. Yeah. Because you just be in front of the paywall. Right. I hope buddy system moves in front of the paywall. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know if we, that's we gonna happen. We hope it will. Uh, so you may know his channel as Vsauce, but he had a series called Mindfield. With a D, with Mind. A, with a D. And he actually set up like a, it was like an elaborate prank. People thought they were literally, yeah, yeah. Where they were literally lured into this trailer and allowed to like take a look at the, the track switching mechanism. Then the guy who was in charge of it had to like, you know, go to the, the bathroom, go to the bathroom or, yeah. or something. And then at that moment, looking through the windows or on on the on the monitors, he says, "Okay, train's going to kill five people or just one person over here." And then they could either pull the lever or not. And I mean, they had they gave like psychiatric evaluations to these uh, yeah. blindsided people beforehand yeah. in order to like make sure they weren't going to send someone into like a catatonic state or something. Right, yeah. And even though they did that, it in and of itself became like ethically questionable and Michael had a lot of difficulty. Submitting people to the trolley problem was an ethical dilemma. Yeah, they went through with it, but man, it's fascinating because people were freaking out. You know, as you would imagine. This is not a normal thing. You know, it's just like, I mean. We typically don't have, unless you're a doctor, uh, you typically don't have people's lives in your hands. On a, they, on a, uh, you know, I just this is an unusual you know, situation for most people. I felt horrible for the people because they. I mean, like, do you, I don't know, do you remember like what most people PTSD. did? Like, I mean, the, I mean, they only showed. It's not like a legitimate sample size. They, I don't know how they chose who they put into the edit, but everything happened. Like, somebody ran out. Somebody broke down. Somebody switched the track. Somebody didn't. You know, it's like it all happened. Uh, now we, but we they we, didn't have any statistics. They didn't do like it wasn't like a study. It was just a Now we pulled the, we pulled the uh the the myth, the staff here, right? Yeah. So do you, you didn't, do, Well, you didn't yeah, and Kiko said there was like 12 or 14 uh mythical team members who were Okay. But what what's your answer? I mean, you think you would I, I would definitely pull the lever to to kill the one person. You would kill per, one person in in one sense of the word. But you would save I, five lives. I don't see a lot of difference because I'm there and I have the option, and my inaction will result in the death of five people. I don't. the The whole thing about well, one is passive and one is active. In that scenario, because it's so simple and so clean, and also I don't know the people, so I don't have it. You can complicate the trolley problem, which we'll do in a second. But an uncomplicated five, six strangers. In that scenario, I'm pulling the lever, no questions asked, with little to no regret. You, yeah, psych, you don't know how I'd much rather, I'd rather, psychological ramifications it would be with either way. Well, but I mean, of I course, don't, I'm just saying that I would make the decision without regret. I'm not saying I wouldn't suffer from the consequences of having killed somebody. I'll also say that in The Good Place, um, they had this entire scene, which was like the trolley problem. Have you, but have it was you, funny. Have you seen the uh, the movie The Dawn Wall? No. So you watch Free Solo? Yes. Alex Honnold. There's another movie on Netflix. It's another doc called The Dawn Wall, and it's about mountain climber. It's about these guys who one guy in particular uh, who was trying to do the most difficult face, the Dawn Wall of Half Dome. Is that it? 
it's the most difficult climb in the entire world. No one's ever done it. Now he's okay. he's not free soloing. He's he's tied in, and it takes long. They they camp up there, and it takes a long time. But it's like an impossible route. That guy has an incredible story. And when he was, um, like, nineteen or twenty years old, they went. He operated trolleys. No, they went into. Uh, it was like the year two thousand, and they went into somewhere in like. Uzbekistan or someplace like that to do some crazy climbing. And this is like back when there were sort of the precursors to Al Qaeda and ISIS and stuff and there was some like Islamic uh, fighter dudes who kidnapped them and uh, shot one of the people, like so killed one of the dudes so they knew that, that these guys were serious. But then they were like going in circles. Long story short, they this guy, one fighter, like one armed fighter ends up going up this mountain with like three of them. And so they start talking to each other about how they just need to push this guy off the cliff and kill him. And they're talking in English because he can't understand him. Um, and the dude pushes the guy off the cliff. Really? Yeah, it, to save him and himself and his friends. And they, it was a huge news thing. Like when he came back, like he was on the Today Show and Good Morning America, they were like, so you were over there and you pushed this guy off the cliff? Anyway, so similar, it's a similar thing. Like, I'm going to save my friends. Or I'm going to, of course, in that situation, this guy has already demonstrated that he can and pro- probably will kill you. He's in the he's he's starting out in the wrong, so it's a little bit different. But anyway, it just made me think of. I, I predict. That I recommend that movie, by the way. The mythical, That's not my wreck. I have another wreck, but I do recommend it. I predict that mythical team members are going to agree with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this one's pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So option what well, option two is pull do, the lever. No. And, yeah, yeah. So and the majority, the majority of people did say they would pull the lever, but Lucas, Kevin, Nick, and Paisley said they wouldn't. Wow, that's call a, them out. That's an interesting group. That's a weird. Boys. What do those guys have in common? They don't have any backbone. Apparently, they can't take action. I don't know. They just no. I don't. I. I. They're not here to. Dave and Matthew, Kiko, Kristen, Chase, Caitlin, Aubrey, Casey, and Bethany. They'd all pull the lever. Okay, well you're all right. Uh, now, here, <laughs> no. here, here's what I'll say. Uh, the trolley problem. It wasn't 100% though. Trolley problem, uh, in my mind, isn't isn't that difficult of a conundrum, but let's, let's complicate it a little all bit, right. okay? This is basically hinging on the same principle of the trolley problem, but more complex situation. You are a doctor at a top hospital. I don't know why it has to be a top hospital. You have six gravely ill patients five of whom are in urgent need of organ transplants. Okay. You can't help them though because there are no available organs that can be used to save their lives. The sixth patient, however, will die without a particular medicine. If he or she dies, you will be able to save the other five patients by using the organs of patient six who is an organ donor. What do you do? Now, let me just say say a couple of things before the smart asses in the comments uh, Start pointing things out. I understand this is not how organ transplants work. You got to, you can't just put take something out of somebody and put it into somebody else. There's like they have to be matches and situations like that. Also, also there aren't really there, comments on podcasts. <laughs> also, there well when this goes to YouTube, there. Also, there are uh, legal like let's just say you're you're not working within a legal system because there are actually laws like you can't. In other words, if you're at least if you're in the United States, you can't with you can't kill someone or let someone die just to give organs to someone else. You can't do that. That's against the law. So, right. in, in our laws, but let's just say that 
this is the situation. Like this person will save all five people, no questions asked. They're a match and uh, there are yeah. no laws. You're not gonna be prosecuted for your decision. But I do think the fact that there are laws which dictate the ethics for us, I do think that that's revealing, right? Because I guess it's, it, to boil it down, it's like do no harm, do, do not actively hurt somebody, even if that means saving five times as many people. Which is the, why the trolley problem is so complex. But I think the trolley problem in its, in its just pureness of, as its initial uh, presentation, is an, is an easy situation, is an easy decision for me. This, however, But you think this is, is the same, I, are you saying this, it's, a sa- it's I, the same? It's the same principles, but I think that there, I think that there are um, Well, the trolley problem more is, complexity. is preventing, having the option to prevent one of two accidents, which you can't prevent both. I guess that's the same here, you're like preventing like the medical demise of these people, it's not like, Oh man, I, I, well a doctor can't do it. A doctor's not allowed to do that. But I, so, but I actually feel like. This is gonna make you feel differently. You're gonna go back on the trolley problem because of this? <laughs> I don't know, what do you, what do you, what would you do? Well, the reason the trolley problem seems easier to me is because it is not my job. Uh, when you're a doctor, you, you, you've got the uh, Hippocratic oath, right? And uh, and so you don't get into the situation where you're weighing patients' lives against one another because that quickly gets out of hand, right? Mm-hmm. But the trolley problem in its pure form doesn't get out of hand. It's just so, it's so simple. It's just like there's five people, five people die or one person dies. Five people, or one, somebody's gonna die and the train's gonna go on either track. It just seems so binary. But as soon as you, you, you pull back and you get into a little bit more of a real life situation like this, I acknowledge it becomes very, very difficult to make a decision. Um, but let's just say you're not, you're not, okay, you're not going to be, a couple of things can be guaranteed. Well, you're not gonna be prosecuted. You know that all those people are going to be saved and. Um, well, it, it's just not, there are, you have to do the right, I think the right thing to do is not to harm the person, you gotta try to give this person the medicine, give the one person the medicine and help them and then trust that you know what? Other people are gonna die and maybe at the last minute some organs are gonna swoop in. Maybe we'll open a cabinet and it'll be full of organs. Whoops, forgot about that organ cabinet. Well, and that's why in the in the real world, this is why you, you've got to behave exactly the way that you, right, you just said, because you, you don't know what's gonna you happen. You don't have all the knowledge. Because real world situations are more complex and things can change. But what if these are the last, okay, okay. What so, if these are yeah. the last six people on the planet? Okay, these are the last six people on the planet. Well, So now the, you can save five it, or you can save one. Is the one? To be wo- you and one person. A woman you can procreate with? Let's just say you're a man and they're all women. <laughs> I'm not trying to create like oh, a gosh. utopian situation for myself. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that no, so you are going yeah. This is a different ethical question. No, no, no. So I'm saying that like you you're you have to repopulate the planet. It's, it's your your job. The burden is on you. Uh 
but you, but you, this is you can do it with five people. <laughs> you don't, I didn't, I didn't mean to walk into this situation. It's well, not about, it it's not about procreation. It's just about these are the last people on the planet. If it's not about procreation, if it's not about conti- continuing the species. Then it's who cares? Okay, no. What if you're all going to die? Everyone, everyone's infertile, but either six people total are going to continue to live, or two people are listen, going to continue to listen. live. Listen. Do the best you can to to the person who's dying the quickest, and if that's giving the medicine, give them the medicine, and then maybe the, maybe somebody just needs the kidney. That ain't gonna kill him. Well, situation, or the, and then you go to the five people, and just like, all right, which one of you wants to sacrifice yourself in order to give your organs to the other people? It's like giving up an airplane seat. Yeah, it's no different. <laughs> Let it be their decision. I would take a poll. That's what I would do. I'd put it back on them. Like, I'm just a guy with a knife. You know, you guys have the power. Okay, so you think it would be ethically okay to tell the person who, listen, I could give you this medicine, but I want want you to know that if you die, you'll save five people. You think it's ethical to tell that person that? And now they're gonna be racked with guilt the rest of their life if they take the medicine? I don't think you can do that either. I don't think. Well, that's kind of mean, but it's not wrong, it's true. I think they need to have a role right, in it. Okay. They need to have a voice in it. Let, let's let let's let's make this even more complex. What if this one person has the organs to save a million people? That does, that can't happen. Again, it's not a real situation, but I'm just I'm saying they could save a million people. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just let them go. That's a lot of people. A million people? Yeah, a million people. This person has lots of extra organs. <laughs> <laughs> like a million hearts. Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. Like cows with stomachs? Yeah. Um, Is there a point in which it becomes okay? I think it's a million. That's a big, <laughs> nice, round number. Like f- half a million? Oh no. Because if you. It, I think half a million. Came 499,999, no. If somebody came to me and they yes. were like, you you could have saved this a million people. You could have saved a hundred people. You could have saved a thousand people. But you got you, this one guy was better. And you know what? It turns out this guy's an an asshole. <laughs> Not only that, but he's kind of a jerk. What if what if the guy what if the guy you need to get the medicine to is eighty seven years old? Yeah, I, I would let it be his decision. I'm still going with that. Things get e- more even complex, with the, even with the million. And, and how do you place worth on someone's life? Become worthless as they get older. Now we're in the euthanasia situation. Hmm. What if the what if the person? What if it's a million people, but then the one person who could get the medicine and get fully well is your wife or like your child? Well, okay. So what you've essentially done is take the trolley problem, but the one person on the track is my kid, yeah. your kid. Yeah. What do you do now? What if I don't know those five what people? If it, what if it's my three kids, and then over here on the other track are your two kids? <laughs> well, why are you laughing? Who, and who's got who's got the lever? <laughs> you. I'm I'm sitting there watching though. And whose kids are going to die if I don't yeah, do I'm, anything? I'm gonna pull that lever. We're gonna both be yanking on that lever. <laughs> I got to work on my yanking skills. Well, okay, all right. You know what? <laughs> I. Yeah. I gotta out yank you. Yeah, I got more kids than you. Okay, all right. You know what? I'm going to skip to that exact question that somebody. Oh, that's an exact question. 
pretty close. Your family is vacationing alone on a private stretch of beach with no lifeguard. Your daughter. I was just doing that. And your niece. Okay. Both seven. Our best friends and eager to get into the water. You caution them to wait until the water calms some, mm -hmm. but they defy you and sneak in anyway. Oh, you gosh. soon hear screams of distress and find them Stop. both caught I in hate a strong this, current. Well, you got it. Listen, you may be you may be presented with this real I life conundrum, I I and mean, you have this. to make a decision: put your speedo on and pull your pull your big boy speedo up. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only problem. strong swimmer. You're the only swimmer strong enough to save them, but you can only save one at a time. Your niece is a very poor swimmer and likely won't make it much longer. Your daughter, however, is a stronger swimmer but only has a 50% chance of holding on long enough for you to come back for her. Who do you save first? Oh. Now, I have, I, have, I have, as I read this, I've formulated my answer. There's a 50% there's a chance that you could save both of them. Let's just say that let's not say that okay. In to me, this seems easy. I got to save the one that's a weaker swimmer. I have to I have to save my niece and then hope for the best for my daughter, for a couple of reasons. Number one, my daughter has a better chance of surviving on her own. My niece doesn't, at least in, as presented in this situation. And you have to deal with this decision forever, and you have to deal with the people's opinions about your decision forever, and to be like. I sacrifice my own kid to save yours versus I sacrifice your kid to save mine mm -hmm. is kind of a better legacy, right? It's something, it's easier to live with. It's not easy to live without your own kid, obviously, but I think that's something you have to take into account. But let's just say they're not, one's not a better swimmer. Let's just say you've got to save one of them and one of the other, and the other one is going to die. And they're both equal swimmers. Do you save your daughter's friend or niece or whatever, well, or do you save your daughter? It's not like you're swimming out there and then like a video game, there's like a percent chance of like like their survival and like data on how well, well of a swimmer they are. You're gonna swim out there, you're gonna grab both of them. You don't see them. metadata over people's heads at all times? No. I do. And then you're gonna swim out there and you're gonna grab both of them and you're gonna- Hope for the best. And you're gonna, you're gonna all drown probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but that's what's gonna happen. Like, but th I, that's what I would do. You'd grab both of them and drown? And uh, you're not thinking logically. All you're thinking is I've gotta rescue these girls and then you go out there and you grab them and you try to figure out a way and like, it doesn't happen immediately. So it's like, I don't, you know, I, I don't like, I don't wanna talk about this. Hold on, but this is, this is why this, it's a conundrum, <laughs> man. You can't just run from the conundrum. Uh, you have to swim out into the middle of is it. Is it? Is this tell the fact that I don't want to talk about it means I'm not going to swim out there at all? I guess I'm going to swim out there, man. I don't know. I've surprised myself before. Well, I, watched I would one grab of those, both of them. I watched one of those John Keonis "What Would You Do" situations, and they were they were trying to figure out if how people would intervene. You know, basically the whole show is about are you going to intervene in this situation? But yeah, and then. There's a certain, actually a, a smaller percentage than you would imagine of people who are like heroes. Like very, like a, a lot of people are like, when people do something crazy and save a bunch of people and they're like, I mean anybody would have done what I did in that situation. That no, true. no, no, very few people would have done it, actually. There's, and, and, and it isn't necessarily the case that the people who make the decision to run out and put themselves in harm's way to save someone 
uh, are like inherently better people, like morally in every other way, they would like be like very consistently moral and ethical in other areas of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's just that they have something in them that makes them not freeze up like most people do in those situations and actually go into action and solve the problem. I don't think that I am, I've never been presented with this situation, but I have a tendency to think that the, the most of what would be driving me in that situation is like, oh, I'm gonna feel like such a jerk if I don't do something. But I don't think the people who act think that, I think they just do it. They do it without, they do it without thought. They're doing it before it's too late. Yeah, just on instinct. So what would you do when you swim out there? I notice you just tend to be asking the questions and then you don't really tell, say what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, man. Okay, I think realistically what I would do is I, like you said, I wouldn't, quickly calculate, if I was the only person out there and they were ne- basically next to each other, I would be like, both of you guys grab onto me and I would start trying to swim. Now, what would probably happen is, pretty quickly I'd realize that I can't swim in with both of them. And so I'm right back to the decision, I have to make a decision, I have to let someone go. I could be like, okay guys, we're not gonna try to swim in, we're just gonna drift and I would like be like, all right, everybody calm down, everybody calm down and just breathe in deeply, we're gonna float. <laughs> and we're gonna wait for a, a, a lifeguard and a jet ski to come or the Coast Guard or something. We're just gonna try to float. Like I'm not gonna try to save you. I'm gonna try to create a situation where I can prolong my indecision for as long as possible. So I think practically that's what I would do. But if it was like legitimately you've got to make a decision, I think I'd have to pick the one that wasn't my kid. Well let's just, this is so much fun, let's just move on to another one. Okay. Is there, isn't there one related to like if it were just me and you, let's not bring, children into this. Okay, well, I have a li- much lighter hearted one. Okay. Uh, I thought that was one about like, we're on an island and there's a cure. Yep, here we go. Choice for the cure, so, yeah. we'll, so we'll do this one. Then we'll do the lighter hearted one. You and your friend are stranded on an island. Unfortunately, you're both fatally ill. A lot of people are just fatally ill, gravely ill in these situations. It just so happens that you have an antibiotic that can cure your illness. Sadly enough, there's just enough antibiotic to save only one person. How could you and your friend choose? Which one of you will take the antibiotic? Do you think that either person who takes it will or should feel guilty for the other person dying? Although if neither of you take it, you will both die? So we both got the thing. And somehow we know that we can't just divide it up. First of all, I question that. It's like if we're out there on the island and we're we're drumming up this antibiotic, yeah, we can't keep poking holes. We can't keep poking holes in the ethical conundrums because you're right, they're not realistic. Well, that's what's frustrating about them. I think what I would do is- Well, that's what makes programming autonomous vehicles so difficult because real world conundrums are not this, you know, switching, it's not just all these little binary decisions. It's, there's, th- it's all on a spectrum. I would suggest that we split the antibiotic and hope for the best. And if we both die, I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Did you mean it to be that good? <laughs> um, well, okay. I never took ethics in college. All right, okay. Did you? No, I wanted to talk about that because interestingly, 
because we got engineering degrees, now you actually ended up taking an intro to film class, which was the most interesting class that either of us took. Yeah. You, it was one you of the few classes to... I had to write a paper and it was horrible. I had to write a paper about movies. Well, that sucks. Really? I just okay. wanna watch movies. Make or make movies. Um, but I was talking about this with Jesse the other day. I was like, my college education was so technical yeah. that it's just useless to me now. It's just like I wish, oh, the best class I ever took was that uh, future studies class. I took a psychology 101. If I could go back to college, I would just be like, what am I interested in? That's what I wanna learn. Of course, I didn't have to use my degree, so <laughs> that's a privilege that I have. But yeah, we never talked about this. We never took an ethics class. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even take a statistics class. You gotta take that. I would not recommend taking that to scratch an itch. No, but I it- took two of those. I, but it's it's very practical. Uh, it's very practical. It gets very impractical very quickly. Uh, but yeah, but we, like did, we, we, we didn't talk about these things, and the the, the, the and they make better uh, discussion questions than real life situations. But okay, here's a here's a much since you're talking about what we would split the antibiotic. Okay, what if the two of us uh, have taken up commercial aviation? <laughs> uh, and we, but we're freighter, we're freighter pilots. Okay. And so we're like flying freight across the country in a big FedEx plane, it's just the two of us. Plane's going down, for some reason, there's only one parachute. You would say, uh, you would ask me, can I have the parachute? And I would say, I'm a freight not. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Why would you already have the parachute? No, but. Oh, who, I would already have it, how trust do we, me. Okay, first of all, <laughs> would we, do you I think, would have it on. Do you think we? I'd be halfway out the door. Here's the thing: is that you get into the situation and, and you're in a panicky situation like that. How many best friends would just start beating the hell out of each other to try to end this? Be like the other guy's gonna die. I don't. We think We would that, not do that. We wouldn't do that. We would. We would begin that. We would begin to try to evaluate and very quickly. Now, I'd be like, it, "You're taller, man." No, if it was okay, if it was me, and you're probably gonna like. Hit the propeller when if you If it was me out. and my dad, then I think we would be, my dad would be like, son, you take the parachute. I'm 75 or however I'd old I'd sacrifice myself for my kid. I'd give my kid a parachute, yeah. And I'm not just talking about my kid. Yeah, I would also do it for my kid. I, I think that it, whoever has the most life ahead of them or whatever, they, they that's a good way to sort of gauge it, right? But if it's but us. But if, if it's us, even though I am, older, I am taller and, and a little bit older, which means I will die first. Yeah. If it's just about natural causes, um, but we we won't be making those kinds of decisions. I think I think for we, all intents and purposes, we it's even. We we each have an even claim to the rest of our lives. So I think well, we have to thing, do the thing I like about the island is that there's there's you can have days of negotiation, like that's fun. Okay, at least we're having fun. We're like trying to trying to come up with some kind of competition, trying to figure out. I think it has to I be. I think you would do you would do that thing we did as kids where it'd be like we'd be like him hawing around in your front yard and he'd be like, "Hey, you see that stop sign way over there? First person to take a rock and hit like the O gets the antibiotic. Gets the antibiotic. I wouldn't do that. I think we would say we have to do something. We have to let the fates decide. You'd roll the dice. Got to roll the dice. And I'll make the dice. <laughs> You go take a nap, I'm gonna make the die. 
<laughs> so rock paper. Just take I, a nap. I'm gonna make the dice. I, I'm not gonna be taking the antibiotic. I wouldn't and refill even be it doing, with ocean water. I don't think we should do rock paper scissors because that's a competition. Then somebody feels bad about their gamesmanship. It's like how do we let the fates make this decision? It's like picking up a, a palm leaf and both throwing it up at the same time so one person is in control and whichever direction it's pointing, that's the person that gets the antibody. Flip of a coin. A flip of a coin but it has to be flipped by us together. Yeah, we're about to flip it together. Or we're just like, no, Link, you get to flip the coin and we're both gonna live with the results. You can't control where a, a, a coin lands. It's the fates have decided. Well, that's, then that's the comedy because I flip the <laughs> coin and it like goes in a hole. It goes in a snake hole. There's snakes on this island? Yeah, and then we gotta like dig out the- I don't wanna live. And then we're like, we wanna <laughs> dig out the hole in order to see, but you gotta dig it out in such a way to see how it landed. And so, then a snake comes out and bites you and then I'm like, Hey man, not only do you have that other illness, now you've got you've been bitten by a snake. So, give me the antibiotic. If we were in the parachute thing, to me that's easier. I think again, I'm I'm the middle ground man. I think what we would do is you're bigger. You'd wear the parachute, okay? You want me to hold on to you? No, and then I'm going to I'm going to latch onto you like a like a baby monkey. I'm going to put my legs Inside of the straps, I'm gonna put my arms inside of the straps, and I'm gonna all, latch on your, you. All your all your joints will dislocate as soon as I pull the cord, man. No, they won't. Me holding on to you, I'm just as strong as a. Fine, I'll wear the parachute, and you latch <laughs> on to me. What would happen if two people are on one parachute, though? I mean, I know tandem happens all the time, but it's that's like tandem, a special shoot, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, we both. You're right, though. Maybe I mean I have I wear a belt at all times, so I could probably somehow strap myself in via belt, or right, like take my jeans off and tie myself in, so I'd be naked, but strapped uh, in real. Hard. I don't want you to be naked. I'd have underwear on. I don't want you. To, I want you to have clothes on. I want to live, man. But you're right. That is what we would do. But if we we're on the island, what what? I there's no arguments that we'd be making. Like, well, I have more kids to support than you do. I'd be. I'd make that argument. Yeah, but I don't think that that I don't think that that stands. More immediate family members would be sad to see me leave than you. I you can't you can't get into. I think the only thing that seems like a fair negotiation tactic is how much life you have to live. But judging the worth of your current life <laughs> <laughs> gets in. Yeah, it just gets into some gray areas. So what what would you do about the uh, antibiotic? You would flip. I flip a coin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd flip, flip a coin. A coin. Uh, let's ask. This a is the opening scene of our movie, by the way. We're both dying, and only one of us can live. And we flip a coin, and it goes into a snake hole. And then the rest of the movie is just digging into that snake hole. It's a short film. Yeah, but it's a short. Film. I'm going to ask this this one that is a little bit less of a life or death situation. We've actually talked about something like this. Every day you commute, uh, your commute back home requires you to exit from a two lane road onto a freeway. To do so, you must be- Read in. it with more energy. Yeah, I mean, it's already boring. At least try to make it sound Every day, your commute back home requires you to exit from a two lane road onto a freeway. Wow. To do so, you must be- I would call that merge onto. In the right lane, but that right lane backs up for two miles, adding 20 minutes to your daily commute. You're tempted to stay in the left lane, which moves much more quickly, and then right before the freeway on-ramp, cut ahead of the cars that have been waiting for the 20 minutes. Do you cut in? Well, we, this, we do this every day, first of all. My, 
the way that we go home, we encounter this. Yep, 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 so, yep, yep. I mean. Well, not, not coming to work, but going home. I'm offended by this question because I think it sets me up to be bad. Well, we, we okay, so we talked. I, get, I slide in at the last second. You know why? Because at the last second, that's when people, they loosen up. They think, oh, they think, oh, I'm through with this merge. I can, I can take my time. I don't have to be right behind the person in front of me. And they leave a gap. And so nobody loses. Well, well maybe they put on brakes. In one sense, your behavior is creating a longer line. But you're actually contributing to the problem that you're avoiding, which is not a great ethical place to be. However, <laughs> Right. I would do the same thing. But I do it based on the principle that we talked about on Ear Biscuits before, and which is that the proper way and the way that autonomous vehicles will merge when they're all autonomous is they'll do it in the in a zipper fashion. They'll, yeah, but they'll that, fold in. Hold on, that's not what's happening here. One after another. This is not two lanes coming into one lane. And the thing that we actually do where it's like, you got a freeway and then an exit to then go on to then Go on an overpass onto another freeway, and you can either be in the far right lane, which oh, backs you're, up, you're or right. you can be one lane over. You're right. So it's, that it never it it's ne not it's not lo losing a lane. You're right. You're right. It's just you have to you everybody's got to funnel into someplace. You risk someone not letting you in, and then you're sitting there in the median, like a chump, and then you pay the consequences. Okay. I'm willing to pay those consequences. I think one out of every twenty times. This might reveal something about me, that you know, but I'm just being vulnerable. <laughs> I do it, and as I'm doing it, I think to myself, you know what? A lot of people are just not comfortable with the uncertainty and the tension that is created with getting in at the last second. But you know what? I am comfortable with that. <laughs> so, right. so, so all these people who are who are backed up, they just want to get in and avoid this situation that I am voluntarily inserting myself into this chaotic. They don't have last minute to decision take, to take the risk. That's what I'm actually thinking, without even really processing it. Even though I know that the reality is, these people are just nice, and I'm an asshole. <laughs> Because uh, only an asshole would think that he's actually embracing chaos and these people are afraid. I think the point Jen, is. Jenna's over here laughing. Are, are, do you get do in? Do you do that? Oh, I listen, I mellow out, listen to a podcast. I don't care about the line. Oh, you, you get in the line. I get in the line, yeah. And what, how do you feel about the people Are you like avoiding, us? are you avoiding chaos? Assholes. <laughs> she said, you get mad. She said we're assholes. I don't get mad, I just think that maybe you're having a rough day. No, I'm not having a rough day. I'm just having another day. I'm I'm going home. Like, yeah, I mean, home I mean, we, we got. I mean, people people waiting for us. We got kids waiting for us. I think the question I'm passing a bunch of single yeah, single people. They don't have to see anybody. Is that some a, a dog or whatever? I don't have to see Jen out of the corner of my eye the whole time we're doing the podcast. Get that judgment. That judgment is the back of my head, not to the less the side of my eye. Okay, so we just concluded. I think the problem, the, the real test of that is if everybody did what we did, what would happen? And then you, a lane that is supposed to be like a 65 mile per hour freeway lane becomes an, a second off ramp lane. That ain't how it's supposed to be. Yeah, right. Matter of fact, I encounter, we encountered this twice going home. And that's why I don't have the patience to do that twice, to sit in that long line and just quote, mellow out as yeah, you're right. Getting on bo both interchanges is what happens. Yeah, 
yeah. I don't know, I'll think differently about it as I'm driving today. I'll do the same though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I will think differently. Okay, one last one that I think is also practical. This is something that we can't personally relate to, but it actually uh, makes me think of an idea I recently pitched to my wife, and I'll pitch it to everyone. On, you're on a dating website. Uh, is it ever ethical to make yourself seem younger than you are? You're older, you've been single a long time, and you're lonely. You're frustrated that it seems that all the good potential romantic partners want someone younger. You think, if only they'd give me a chance, they'd see I bring a lot to a relationship, even if I have wrinkles. So you're wondering, this is very specific. So you're wondering if like many people, your profile should say you're younger than you are and include only a distant photo so your age isn't as apparent. What would you do? So lying about lying about your age, eh, okay. That that feels like that's a situation you can't back out of if the if the, if you're looking for any more than just a hookup. No, I think that's a great way to start a lasting, healthy <laughs> relationship. But let's just say, what do you think about, and again, we don't use dating apps, never have, that we got married before any of this was a thing. And, um, but people deceive purposely on their profile. They exaggerate, they only show pictures where they look good, right? They only show pictures of their good side or their good angle or whatever. Let me just pitch an idea to you because this whole process seems very deceptive. And I think that this technology for this exists. I told Jesse there should be a dating app where the only picture is, you, t- you open up the app, you take a picture, like you, you turn the camera on, you do a video of your head like this. All the way around. Like a 360 and then you do scan. A, and then you do a video like this. Vertically and, and horizontal. And then you enter it into a program that then creates a perfect 3D model of what you actually look like and then the person who looks at your profile, there's no swiping or anything, it's it's a augmented reality. It's AR they where kiss it. you can like put the camera up there, y- y- your phone and you move your phone around and it's like you're looking at the person in space and you're like okay, whoa, weak chin, oh weak chin. Or like, oh, whoa, whoa, look at it. Like, and so you know exactly and the name of the dating app is Shallow. That's my pitch. Yeah, exactly. No, seriously, that's it. That's my pitch. Anybody wants to invest in this? All it is is a augmented reality interactive picture of a person's face. Literally, you don't even know their name, no stats about them, you don't know their age. Your com- decision is based completely on what they actually look like in real life well, listen, and it's called shallow. Listen, based on what you I, just- I'm taking investors. Based on what you just told me, if you hadn't already told me about how you drive, I would now know, okay? <laughs> no, I, it's just an idea for a dating app. It's authentic, it's authentically shallow presenting yourself, but it's like, we're, we're listen, it's I actually all have, about what I you a, look like. I got a better idea. What do you think about my idea? I don't like it, I have a better one. Okay. Um, you can use this on any dating app and I don't need any investment. You, you post a picture, you either a split screen or two pictures, and you're like, this is me going out on a date with you, first date look. And this is me staying in, like I don't expect to see anybody. Like not even going out to get the mail. And it's like, if you wanna get into like physicality, go ahead and take care of it. Say, this is my, this is my spectrum. 
This is my hottest. Yeah, and you can. And still, this is my nottest. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Man. And and you and your people and, can still deceive within that because what you do is you set up one of those. Uh, what do you call it when it's a candid shot that's that's a planted? You know, you you know this the word that people are throwing oh. out now. Planted. Oh, I haven't heard. This that. is what's happened on Instagram where yeah. it's a planned candid shot. Uh huh. Yeah, you're right. So it's people hard, would be like, it's easy to fake that. Look at me and my little PJs. This is when I. This is me not going out. I look so gross. Right. But you're still yeah. seeing my good side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. We need to three, <laughs> we need to. I, I want a 3D scan that includes personality, man. Okay, all right, all right. Maybe we, it can, is shallow. Maybe we can incorporate the 3D AR technology into a more comprehensive dating app that takes into account things other than physical appearance. I just thought if you, if you really want to just make a decision based on what somebody looks like, because that is a big part of the initial thing, you don't then make a decision of whether or not you're going to continue dating based on that. But a lot of it's kind of based on that initially. I'm just saying, in fact, if you, Tinder or whatever the other ones are, uh, talk to me. Let's let's incorporate this into your app. I think you need to create a Tinder account first. <laughs> and it, this whole idea of being able to actually see what somebody looks like. Because when you get when you get there and you meet at the coffee shop, you're gonna be you're gonna be swiping. We yeah, got I mean, head you're, around. You're gonna see every we angle. Swiveling man. and swiping. You, you can't maintain your, You can't maintain your good side this angle during the whole conversation. You can't do that. You can try, but eventually they're gonna see the other side of your face, uh, <laughs> and then they've got to deal with with the reality. I think it's in other words. I do think you it's ethically wrong to lie about. Definitely lie about your age, your job any of that stuff, but I think that it's a gray area, ethically, to lie about the way you look. I mean, you wanna put your best foot forward. But you gotta drag that other foot along <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> you gotta put your bad foot out there too. Yeah, yeah that's right. Cause you're attached to it. Quite literally. I think I've learned, I don't, ethics are oversimplified. I think, you know, they're constructs to help yeah. you think of things that then in the real world, you either just acting on instinct or probably choosing the wrong thing. You know, to me the the biggest ethical premise that I live by is act quick and apologize often. I should have saved my niece, but I don't know, I was just swimming fast and my daughter was right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Ouch. Mm. Yeah, that's, wow, okay. I tried to put it in context. And then don't, let your don't let your niece listen to this. Do you have a niece? I don't have a niece. No. I got nervous. I was almost gonna say I don't have a niece and I'm like, hold on, do I have a niece? <laughs> I have a half niece. Um, okay, well, I think we, we've solved, I think Is we've- Is that a thing? It, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, you can have a half niece. I have a niece. half sister, she's got daughters. I got a half niece. Oh yeah, you do have half nieces. Yeah. Yeah, don't go swimming with them. Oh. We did go to the beach once. Really? Yeah, went swimming. Mm. I'm glad they didn't know that you thought this way about them. Well, I think the worst thing is it seems like I forgot they existed for a second. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't save them. I didn't know they were <laughs> they were around. Okay. Well, I've only I've only I've only met them once. One time. I've right. only met them yeah. once. Yeah. Yeah. I you don't have to apologize to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I said. Talk talk a lot, apologize most of the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a, oh, uh, do you have anything else ethical? No. Uh, because I have a I have a wreck. 
that I that let's I'm move on to about. recommendations, man. Because it, it's ethics has made my head explode. Like uh, trying to be good and right, that's hard. Now, uh, this actually would have been a better wreck for our previous episode about the secret to long-term marriage. Oh, okay. Because I'm making a music wreck, and I'm making a music wreck. That's it's a little, there's an interesting story that goes along with this because I was in the process of creating my. It's business time program that involves lights changing. Ah, we remember. And a certain playlist. And wh- let me just say, for those of you who uh, like to have sound, like to have musical accompaniment to your mail sorting, I think is the term that we use in the past. If you want to, if you if you enjoy sorting the mail with your significant other, and you like to do that to a soundtrack of some kind, <laughs> as I do as my wife does. Um, what I found w- on on Spotify, Apple, what, what, regardless of the music service, the playlists that people have come up with for mail sorting mm-hmm. are inadequate and they don't align with my personal taste. It's just you're like, oh, this is a good one. Everything's going right. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the, qu- why'd you put this one in there? You've ruined it for us. Too much conga. And so, I was like, I have to engineer my own playlist that, that fits the my wife and I's vibe. And uh, I- in don't the, want an impotent playlist. In the process of building this playlist, I happened upon an artist I was not familiar with named Mac Ayers, M-A-C-A-Y-R-E-S. Young guy from New York who's got a couple albums and it's just this, Funky, soulful, it, it's it's baby making music, and uh, the in fact he was called the king of baby making music by somebody like Billboard or somebody. I mean, it's, there was an article about it. You know how Billboard likes to make babies, <laughs> and um, this guy is really really incredible. Now I added many of his songs to the playlist. I have like a fifty song playlist, and I think Max got ten songs on there. Boy, that if I that's wishful thinking if I've ever heard of it, 50 song playlist. You think I'm not trying, I'm not saying I'm gonna go for 50 songs, it's I, I shuffle the list so you never know what you're gonna get. There's some Rihanna on there. <laughs> there That's an ethical conundrum. And so you never know what, you, I, want, I don't wanna be repeating myself, you know, in any way, shape or form. I just want the lights to be red every time. <laughs> God, the lights turn red. Uh, well, I mean, it's we're, we're red we're, light special. We're dialing in the color of the lights. Yeah, red. It, is, well, there's a reason that you red. I mean, it's, I, I, so you try it. Have you tried it? Well, t- do I need to sign up to use your bedroom or something? No, you can have one of my bulbs. <laughs> you don't, need, or you can buy your own. Uh, I'd you like to reserve you, a slot in your. Uh, so I find this guy very impressed, and and Jesse's very into it. It's like, oh, that's just, good. Just move on. And uh, you know, she's very into the music, and, uh, and oh, and the whole family. By the way, I didn't tell the kids why I got, got to know this guy. The whole family likes likes this guy. He's got he's got a cool vibe. I didn't say, well, it's it's it's, it's for it's the reason you're here. It's the reason we like. I didn't say any of that. I follow this guy on Twitter. It's like playing Barry White, and you're like for your bar mitzvah or something. I start following Mac on Twitter. He immediately follows me back. I immediately follows you back. Messages me and says, man, 
I'm a mythical beast. <laughs> <laughs> he's, what? he's like, I've been, I've been a fan since I was in middle school. He was like, I had the mythical shoes and everything. What? So Mac, mythical beast, heirs, uh, king Return of- Turn off the Mac. King of baby making music, is a mythical beast. Does he have any children? Well, he's responsible for a lot. He probably needs to be paying child support to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> just because his music is so effective. Uh, anyway, highly recommend Mac, not just for baby making music, just for good vibes. And also because he's a fan of Alex. Uh, but he's a good guy, he's, at least he's got great taste in internet comedy, and uh, he's a talented musician, up and coming guy, I think he's like 22. Take a listen, follow him on Spotify. Up and coming, that's the name of his latest album. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I'll wow! Tell you, man. No, that's just what you do in response to his music. Hey, hey you don't have to spell. Okay, it out. all right. Okay, okay. When I make a all good right, okay, zinger, all right. Just, okay, just all right. Let it, okay, all right. Got just it. Let it lay, man. Shout out to Mac. Wrecking effect. There's your wreck. Hashtag ear biscuits. Boy, I'm glad you're still here. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> boy, you could have. There's so many points you could have left, like talking about killing nieces. <laughs> you should have seen the original list. Like when we were doing the research on this, it was like, that was like, like some morbid stuff. I was well, like, I can't take this. It, and Rhett was like, no, that certainly looks great. It's, I mean, the ones that we didn't talk about, that ethical conundrums floating around on the internet. Well, and you, you know what, if you want Downright us, nasty. If you want us to talk about some more, there's a lot of these available. There's a lot more to talk about. We didn't get into some of the even grittier ones, but I'm willing to go there. Let us know. Let us know if you want to hear more about this. Hashtag, Hashtag ear, ear biscuits. biscuits. All right. We'll speak at you next week.